0: Welcome to the MRX Influencers Podcast, where you come for the insights, but stay for the good times. I'm Dan Fleetwood, and on this podcast, I chat with the best and brightest minds in the research space. On this episode, Mark Rodericks and I talk about 10 tips to create and manage successful online communities. So I hope you enjoy it and you also learn something new. Let's get started. Hey, Mark, man, how are you? Hi, Dan. Good morning. Now, everyone. Thanks for watching today. We got an exciting show. We haven't talked much about online communities, but I wanted to touch on that. And then I wanted to talk about our cannabis panel as well that we've been growing and show you some results from that. But Tim Cornelius, the head of audience has been, it's been his baby, I would say, and he's been nurturing it and growing that. So wanna cover some results in the data points section on that. All right, let's, Mark, I wanna get going here on this communities. We have 10 points to talk about, Mm -hmm. but first, Mark, do you know what keeps me up at night? No. It could be a bunch of other things, I mean, but... (laughs) One of the things, there's a lot of things, but one of the things is online communities that resemble this picture here, okay? Okay. That are, you know, it's maybe it was once thriving, maybe it was never thriving, but everybody's gone. Mm -hmm. There's not much activity. Nothing's going on. It's pretty desolate. So communities Mm -hmm. like this really keep me up at night. I want them to be... Thriving. And what I want to show you today is 10 steps or really best practices that will help you create a thriving community. So I want you to get the maximum value and insights from your online community by ensuring it's designed, set up, and utilized in the right way. So you have this thriving community, right? That everyone's right. all in, people are engaging, they're interacting with each other, you're learning through them and getting these insights. So this is really the goal to take it from that desolate, abandoned building to this thriving group of champions and really members in your community that will help you get the insights and the data you need to make those important decisions. So these are the 10 steps we'll be going over. I'll talk about them each one more in depth, but it's everything from defining members in your community, how to recruit your community, design, uh, work, fun balance. So you need a good balance of mm. both quant and qual, really, which we'll get more into. And then keeping mobile top of mind, I think is always something that's important, especially in this day and age. So these are 10 steps that we'll talk about. I won't go too in depth on any one of them, but more want to give a groundwork here. So whether you have that, a community, whether you don't have a community you're interested in it, think about these 10 things. Of course, I uh, will be posting a a guide that goes a little bit more in depth that you can download for each of these 10 things. And of course, feel free to ping me anytime, always interested in communicating and talking with people and letting them know how they can increase the results and engagement inside of their community or if they want to get started. Of course, we we can help them out at question pro. So first define the members in your community. So I think, you know, think about community as a heart of this approach when you think of a community outside of the general online community sense. What do you think of it? a tight-knit kind of group of a people that all people. have a common interest, right? So right. Though that's really what the community is. And I think an online community is no different. There's some common thread or theme that's going to really bring all these members together, whether that is product, whether that is a club, whether that is certain criteria that they all kind of gel and there's interweavings between them. I think this is important to really define who you want in the community up front. And that way, you know what research to target with them. You have the right members in the community yeah. for that particular research you're doing. See a lot All of right. communities that get started that have the wrong members in, they have to re recruit. It creates a struggle. And if you're not getting these members with the right content, it'll leave and they'll go do something, something else. Yeah. So you'll see engagement rates decline. All right. All right. I think that's number one at the heart of it. And then, so think about how long do you want this community to last? Do you want it to be mm. a short-term or long-term community? Benefits and advantages to both? I think at Question Pro we see more long-term communities because I think mm. it, over time, it'll help produce more ROI and different areas of opportunity from the business. And, but think about what, what are the mission? What do you need the community for? Is it a single research project or problem that you're trying to solve that it can be a community can be stood up in, you know, maybe it's three to six months and that's all the time that you need. I would urge you to think more about long-term communities, honestly, because I think once you have that short-term community, you'll find you get a lot of value in it that you can use for other areas of the business. And once you've, once I think, I've seen insights or even product teams. Once I find out there's a community of people that they can easily reach out to, because oftentimes yeah. Mark in these bigger companies, it's not easy to actually reach their the target customers. Customer, exactly. Right.
1: right, right. And I know we talk a lot about co-creation, right? I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. no matter what the duration of the community, it's just because you've got these very tight yeah. uh, group of people that you can talk to all the time. It definitely makes a difference. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's hundred percent. Right. And, I think the key thing here with the long-term community is that creates that channel that you can reach out to and really, you know, reach reach and research those customers over time. So think about the duration. It's important both in terms of the scope and the research that you want to do. So another is the the types of research you want. So Mm. if it's mainly qualitative and you want more video discussions or topics or discussion forms, Maybe it can just be mainly qualitative. If you want more quantitative, you know, survey, panel focus, I think the key is really a mix of both. So we'll talk Mm -hmm. a little bit more about this and, you know, keep it fun. But a mix really helps out with engagement inside of communities because it's not just survey after survey, but it's also qualitative. So I think some of the best communities that we see have this mix of qualitative and quantitative or if it's strictly Quantitative, they're making it fun in, in different ways by including some quali- more qualitative question types in those surveys. Right. So there's different ways you can go about it, but think about the types of research that you want to do inside of the community. And I think a mix is definitely the the key and the way to go.
1: Do you have like a percentage mix that you've generally seen done between how people use communities, like with a majority of folks on qual or quant or do you think it's evenly balanced depending? I, th- on the I think the it's. Research?
0: I think it depends. I think it's probably somewhat evenly balanced. Maybe quant gives a little bit wins a lot, a little bit more there, but mm-hmm. I think it really depends on the, the different types of research that you want to do. I say quantitative okay. because I know inside of question pro, we have, you know, good filtering capabilities, good profiling capabilities. And then also we have the, you know, this research grade survey platform that you can easily send out to your okay. community. So Mm -hmm. But there's still great qualitative features like video discussions. And, Mark, one thing that's interesting is over the past year, I would say there's been this shift to qualitative because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic, right? And a lot of researchers maybe were reluctant to try it, have been maybe forced is the right word, to try it out because they didn't have another means to have the discussions or the the focus groups and things like that. So I would say that
1: it's... Yeah. And actually that brings me back to the second, I don't know if it is second ever live done we did with Atano when we were yep. just building out video focus groups and we spoke about it. I mean I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of adoption since then, right? I mean oh, we're yeah. about eleven months later and
0: Yep. Yeah, it no, no, must have
1: been skyrocketing.
0: Yeah, a ton, a ton of adoption for sure. Yeah, it's been amazing <laughs> to see the growth of of that. And then, you know, recruiting to your community. Think about how you're going to get those members in. There's many different avenues to do it. If you have a, a list of customers, I think that's gold. They, you've already probably reached out to them at some point. You know they're your customer. You can screen them, recruit them into your community. Those are going to be some of the best, I think. There's also mm-hmm. we can help you recruit to a community via online samples. So if you know your target audience, we can help you find them and get them into your community. And then there's Mm -hmm. other channels that you can use, some of which are largely free, I would say, through websites, social media, all depends on the following and the engagement that you get, the reach that you have on those different platforms. But there are other ways besides customer lists and having essentially using online sample to recruit to your community. I've seen even Facebook ads work well. Maybe it's different channel partners that you have that help can help recruit. But websites, Mm -hmm. even website intercepts, social media, are great recruiting channels because again, largely free, you're not doing anything more to get traffic, it's already there. So you might as well utilize those sources as well. And you can, there's right. always screening, right? You can qualify them to before they even join the community. So mm-hmm. it's not a concern at all there. So think about that. Recruiting is definitely a key point. And also, when before we get onto the size of your community, recruiting is a key point to think about because depending on the method you're using, it can either increase or decrease your budget. So it's, it's right. important from a economical standpoint as well.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: So the size of your community, this is very, very important because if your community is going to be mainly quantitative and you're sending out a lot of surveys, you need a larger community. So it's not the same mm. people taking that survey. And so you can get the response rates that you need, especially if you have different segments inside of that, that community as well, and different segments that you need to reach in terms of your customer base. So consider the type of research you're doing. If it's qualitative, maybe you can get away with smaller communities. And mm-hmm. you know, we have some communities that are you know 250 to 500 members, and all they do is mainly qualitative work, and that's enough for them. They have some of their VIP customers in there, and they want to hear, just hear from them. Smaller sort right. of mix. So think about right. that along with the volume of projects and the number of customers you have is a key component as well. If you're a you know a small boutique company and you have 500 customers but you want 100 of your best customers in there that's definitely possible Mm -hmm. as well you don't need all of your customers you can get away with a smaller subset so think about that as well I know we have this kind of high-end backpack company that was a community and they didn't you know maybe they had I think it was around 5,000 customers they had well they didn't need Mm -hmm. you know 5,000 all of those 5,000 members to get the insights that they need so they could just Mm-hmm. get away with a little bit smaller community so that's definitely an important aspect of it but I would say more so, yeah probably the with some of the companies that we're dealing with with more of the fortune 500 it's more think about the volume yeah. and the types of projects that you want to run through your community but always keep it in mind that a mix of quantum qual is, is definitely good all right the design of the community this is an important aspect mm. because what are we're visual people right like We want to be a part of something that looks cool, that's fun, that's interactive. So think about the look and feel of the portal. uh, Marketing is going to love it because it's another opportunity for a brand impression. And you can really make it an extension of your brand. So we've seen a lot of times when designing portals, we're not working with necessarily the researcher. They might be the in-between, but we also often get referred onto the marketing team to make sure it matches different brand assets and designs and standards that that they have, right? So that's something that you wanna think about is the design and make it easy for your members. You don't need to go crazy, make, but you can still make yeah. it look sexy without having to go over the top with being hard to navigate and so forth. So definitely think about the UI and we have a good UI in place, obviously, that you don't so much have to design it from scratch, but you can always yeah. really just, just see your branding on on our instance or our our portal. So. Definitely important. Plus, I think it I think it resonates well with customers also, right?
1: I mean, if mm-hmm. you're if it's a Nike for example, I mean, I'm just yeah. taking a brand and you've got a Nike community and then people resonate, those different colours, the tick, the swoosh, the yeah, the font and all that. I'm sure they, they are a lot more comfortable with speaking to a platform than they would otherwise then.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. The more I think trust they can have in it that yeah, this is this is who I'm talking with. And I think familiarity too, right? That with the right. Nike, the orange, the red, the red, or the, not the red, the white swoosh, and so forth, right? So yeah. yeah, all of these, all those questions. So Tim, I'd recommend communities. Do you recommend communities only for your customers? I would say that communities for customers are like the lowest hanging fruit. I think it's the easiest and you can probably mm-hmm. get the most out of it. We have had some communities where They want to survey sort of non-customers and see what's going on. A little bit harder to keep them engaged. You usually have to increase the incentive amounts because typically it's more of just like a pizza lovers community, right? Well, people are gonna still can find a lot of pizza lovers out there, but there's no brand attachment. There's no brand familiarity. So you have to usually spend a little bit more in incentives to keep them around. So speaking of which, this is a good intro to slide number seven here, or point number seven with intrinsic and extrinsic rewards. So there's going to be less, I would say, intrinsic rewards in a non-customer community than there is in a okay. branded community. Now what I mean by that is those intrinsic rewards are you're doing things to make you feel good, right? Like you're giving the feedback, mm-hmm. intrinsically it's it's making you feel good. You're you're doing it because you think it's the right thing to do, maybe you want to help out the brand, you have a lot of brand affinity. Where the extrinsic rewards are going to be more of, hey, give me the gift card, give me you know some reward for doing this. Mm -hmm. I think the extrinsic rewards would definitely play up there, Tim, in the community that you were talking about. But using a mix of these can help members to become and remain engaged. So the reason you're doing this is obviously more engagement. I think leads to higher quality insights you're hearing from more of your member base. It's also helping out with budget because you're not having to re-recruit as many inactive members, right? So hmm. inactive members in the community are just, you know, kind of they're just there, right? They're not doing anything. So you need to kick them out, get them back in. There's always going to be you some attrition, like but having a mix of intrinsic, extrinsic rewards is the best. So making them feel good, interacting, I think even communicating with them, like, hey, these are the these are the top three <clears throat> performers. Like use those really the kind of game hmm. theory and the competitive nature of people to get them to, to engage more in the community and to do more activities. So all those things come into play. But a mix of intrinsic, extrinsic rewards is, is the best. It's the best. Nice. And then work fund balance, right? Like your your community members are not solely focused on the community. They have lives. They're doing other things. They're busy. So you want to make it a rewarding experience. Obviously, the tangible, the extrinsic and intrinsic rewards help out with that. But you want to make the activities fun and exciting. Don't just hit them with survey after survey. Maybe mix in a few fun activities that, you know, maybe they have somewhat a little bit to do with their product, but maybe they're more fun, more creative. Can be based around different holidays and so forth. And variety, you know, make sure that it's mm-hmm. fun and there's a good mix of, of those activities inside of the community. So... Manage your members. So this is a key component that I think often gets lost in the shuffle. Sometimes it's, you Mm -hmm. know, if you build it, they will come, which is true, but you need to manage it, right? So you have to bring the community to life with engagement, the health of your community, managing these different aspects. We talked about a little bit about making sure that members are active. If they're inactive, ask them if they still want to be a member. If they don't, oftentimes that prompt can get them to either re-engage or say they don't wanna be a member, which is absolutely fine. Then you can get new members in that wanna participate in a thriving community. And really what we've seen is that when you have a dedicated community manager, it's an integral part of the process. They're managing the community, they're monitoring for health, they're interacting with members to get engagement up, they're keeping track of all these things. You think about in a community outside, right, of an online context, there's always someone managing that community, whether it's, you know, if you're at the an HOA, there's always this, you know, HOA committee, right? That manages the community. Yeah. Think about it in and the, the same manner. You know, there's someone, you need someone managing it and keeping charge and track. And also the community manager is a good gatekeeper for the community of saying, these are the kind of projects we can do. This is what we can't do. So that it doesn't get bombarded with requests and then just kind of churn through, you know, really useless projects, perhaps, or many okay. projects to where it kind of burdens the community. They can manage that that aspect of it as well.
1: The cadence also of the projects, too. Exactly,
0: yep, yep. And then finally, keep mobile top of mind. You know, smartphone adoption in the U.S. is only continuing to rise. I think the last yeah. summer, it's 77% of the U.S. now and in a smartphone. It's probably a little bit higher now since I created this slide, but that's still the average, 77 to 80%. Mobile first approaches and continuing to embrace mobile is definitely a smart choice. You know, we have adopted a communities app that really helps out with this process with push notifications. can also do geolocation surveys, helps out with mobile diary type studies as well. So keep mobile top of mind when you're doing this. If you're not keeping mobile top of mind, then I think you're really missing out because even on a survey side, we see that more completing it on mobile phones than desktops, right? So you need to keep mobile top of mind because it's all about creating that that good, positive experience. So if you're not doing this, then you're kind of, I think you're really missing the boat there, honestly. So okay. have and an app definitely helps out with this because people are used to apps, right? Like we use apps every day or, I mean, people that have so smartphones yeah, do, sure. whether it's on, you know, checking the weather or Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be. So they're familiar yeah. with it. So they can have an app on their phone that's that takes them directly to your community. That is really that form factor as well. It's created for the mobile environment. So, But also the we have a lot of members accessing it on a mobile browser as well, which is totally fine. That's something that we take into account when we're developing is how does this look on a mobile browser and also a PC or laptop, whatever it might be. And you know, keeping those things in mind as well. So Mark, those are the, the 10, 10 steps to nice. keep in mind. All right. Mark, I mentioned that we've been doing this kind of cannabis panel, and Tim has been working mm-hmm. on growing this. So what we've been doing is cannabis panel, not only obviously cannabis users, but also people that work at the the kind cannab- of different cannabis locations as well that sell it. So we right. have a Let me share my screen here, go over some different results here for the data points section. So we have this bud tender panel in Canada and North America. So the bud tenders are the people that work at the shops that recommend different products and brands and so forth. So we have this panel that's being widely adopted, I would say, but we're keeping it to a really tight knit group of suppliers and users because we don't want, this to be abused but it is a great panel and i wanted to highlight some of the results here that we have in some of these different data points and also things that you can get from our panel obviously this is just a you know kind of a teaser but we have you know specific questions by brands producers and so forth from this even researchers as well are using the Buttender tender panel this is in canada so these results are there so obviously what is your title you know Buttender. tender Please rank your top three favorite LPs in your local province so we can get things like this. So the average rank here is Peace Naturals product, Weed MD, Xenobis and so forth. So you can see the average rank here of all of these, which is something that obviously you can get. Just wanted to show sort of the depth of the panel here. And then when speaking with customers, so again, this is the bud tenders we're talking about here. When speaking to a customer, what is the top brand? So the top brand they're recommending here is Tweed. So these are some of the insights that you can get. Obviously, you can send us your survey or we can help develop the survey. We can use this panel, send it out, and you can get results like this. Right. That will, you know, we can send you. Obviously, we can do full service results as well with the reporting, the presentation, and so forth. But if you want to use the cannabis panel, you know, feel free to contact us. We can definitely help you out with. Some of these insights, but you can see the okay. of these 250 butt tenders. You know the top brand they recommend is Tweed, followed by Top Leaf. So those are some. And then when speaking to a customer, some this is the others. So there's some others that they recommended. And then do you recommend to your customers by brand or by product? So by brand, it looks like a little bit more by product, but brand is also a key component as well. Okay. And then. Mm-hmm. Do you wish customers didn't have to interact with you to get their products? So most people said no, they don't wish that. So they want to interact with their customers, which is that's interesting. Which is a good thing, yeah. Should marijuana be legal in the United States? Obviously, you know, 77 percent said yes. So that is some of the data points I wanted to go over and highlight the cannabis panel that we have. So again, if you want to use that, you want to Run some surveys through it, get some data, reach out to us. We can definitely help you with help you, that yeah. as well. So, something exciting that we're starting um, really from a demand standpoint. We see it as a key component in moving forward. So,
1: research, yeah. yeah,
0: feel free to reach out to us. You can reach, also reach out to Tim Cornelius directly if you have any questions about it. Again, this is kind of his baby, and he's really spearheading this operation. So, he's not sitting on growing it. Yeah. He's been growing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No pun intended. So anyway, if you want to use it, yeah, reach out. So I think Mark that can probably wrap up the show today. Anything yes. else that you wanted to cover?
1: No, I think we're good for today. Next week we've got some exciting stuff coming up. So
0: keep an eye out. Yeah. Keep an eye out we'll see you for next Friday for next week. Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the MRX Influencers Podcast. If you want more information about QuestionPro, go to questionpro.com. If you want to follow me, feel free to do so on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, we'll see you later.